it's not every day that you get an implementation of a previous podcast, but today's your lucky day. Hi, I'm Susan Garrett. Welcome to Shape My Dog. And today what I'm going to do is I'm going to help you implement everything that I taught you in podcast episode number 134, or should I say masterclass number 134, where I shared with you exactly how I teach my dogs control positions like sit and stay. I don't use the word stay. I explain that. But sit or down, or stand, or if you're doing agility, you'll want a dog who waits at a start line or holds position at the end of their contacts if you don't have running contacts, or whatever your sport-specific skills that are required. Obedience, you need dogs to do stays, or recall, or mm, not leave to get the dumbbell before I tell you to. All of those things, we are going to help you implement what I taught. And we had a couple questions, so I'm going to bring some clarity to what we talked about in the last episode. Plus, you're going to have to remind me, but I've got four gifts. Count them. Four. One, two, three, four. In Canada, that's one less than five and one more than three. We have metric. I don't know if it's the same in your country, but anyway, let's jump right into it. Okay. So, we're talking about teaching our dogs to really buy into this idea that they want to hold position. You know, when I first teaching It's Your Choice, I just described it as an impulse control game, but I really have backed off on using that phrase much because it implies that our dogs are constantly having to control their urges to do something that we don't want them to do. And it kind of puts all of the responsibility on them. Well, you better get yourself some impulse control there, buckaroo. And when I say that everything is just, it's your choice. It's now all the responsibility is on us as the dog owners, because it's the dog's choice. Everything is the dog's choice. Do you want to leave your sit and go and steal the food on the counter? Well, it's your choice because my role as your owner is to make correct, easy, and incorrect hard. That's my role. And if you think that that's an option, that is one of your choices to leave your control position and go and see if there's cookies on the counter, I haven't done my job clear enough. I really haven't. So, let's start with the gift number one. I have for you a download and how you're going to get this is you are going to put your name and email address in a box that will be in the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube in the description. And yes, I know people ask you to put your name and email address in, but by now we have a relationship, right? You know, I'm going to do you a salt. I'm never going to misuse that name. And if I want to use your email address. It will only be to share with you amazing information. And starting with this. So, in our last podcast, I talked about the layers of progression, the stages of learning. And this is from podcast episode number 44. I I talked about, I actually showed the, the stages of learning progression chart. I have it in a fancy, I'm going to try and keep the glare off if you're watching this on YouTube laminate this baby, put it up on the wall or put it in a page protector and put it in a binder so you can refer to it always. It will help you keep correct as easy 
and incorrect as hard. Now, does that mean that for my five-year-old dog who has been raised in this program, I can only do like a one second sit stay with no distractions in sight because I need to make correct easy? No, because we add layers of learning to our dog. So I can take a puppy pretty much at three months of age and throw all kinds of really challenging distractions at them because I've kept the correct easy. And once they continue to get correct, I add a challenge. And that leads me to the second gift. I feel like Oprah right now. You get a download and you get a download and you get a download. Next one is the 5C pyramid. Now, I changed this about two years ago, but this 5C pyramid, it's kind of like a guiding light. It's a North Star for training because all training starts with connection with you and your dog. So, if you want to train your dog and they're off being distracted and we want to work like a control position, that can create some anxiety in our dog. So, we want to make sure we're on the same page, that the dog is excited and wants to do something with it. I call that the D of dash. I've talked about here on podcast episode number 57. And the D of dash is the desire. It's that connection. So, we get the connection and then we create clarity. Now, as I spoke about in our last episode, clarity is that box that tells the dog, here's your behavior. This is what I want you to do. And for me, it starts something as easy as just tug and don't jump on me when I take the tug out of your mouth. Here's your behavior. I'm creating clarity with respect to what is all the criteria that I'd like you to acknowledge about number one, the behavior, what to do. And number two, when it's over. So very important that you keep that straight, guys. It's two behaviors we need our dogs to understand. Later in this podcast, I'm going to share a test with you so that you can be listening to this podcast, walking your dog, and you can just boom. It's kind of like one of our learn, walk, and train podcast episodes, except it's a little different. So, I'm going to give you a test and I'm going to share with you how you can do this with your own dogs. But it starts with clarity of what you have to do and when it's over. That's what we want our dogs to understand, super clear. Once we have that, we grow confidence. And the confidence comes from just small layers, right? We need to not jump to like university or PhD level when we've just introduced a skill. And once our dog says, oh yeah, I can do that and I can do that. How do you know what that is? Those are many little challenges. The first challenge I give my puppies is the challenge of time. Can you move away from me for one second. Boom. Then I say, get it. Can you move away and adopt a different position, a sit or down? Boom. One second earns it. And then I might grow that time to one to three seconds. And then I might grow that time one to 10 seconds. Now note, I'm saying the time might grow from one to three and one to 10 or one second to one minute. Guys, you don't always go one to 10, 10 to 20, 30 to 40, 50 to 60, because that is putting a strain and creating anxiety for the dog who always has to do more for you. They never know when it's going to be over because it might just be one second and let's have another party. The party is when it's over, right? That's how we build confidence in the dog. So they don't have to keep staying longer and longer and longer. And then the next layer in our 5C formula is that of challenge. And within that layer of challenge, we start with time, but then we grow other distractions. And that's where 
my third gift comes for you. Now, this one you can just download. It's a list of 25 challenges that I could suggest to you that you might ask your dog to do. So, put your dog in a sit and then open the cookie jar. What happens? Oh, cookies. Remember, it's your dog's choice. The dog's choice is just answering the question. How well did I teach that? And you might think, no, Susan, I did a great job teaching it. He's just not performing it way. doesn't work like that. Really? You see, your understanding of what I'm teaching you is dependent on how good of an instructor I am. You're listening. So, a lot of you aren't even watching this. So, it makes it much more difficult. I have to be super clear. I have to inspire you to want to learn. I have to give you great visuals so you can see what I want. The end of the day, it's up to me to really get my message across if I want you to grow your dog's understanding without using intimidation or uh, luring. Because I really think in this instance, luring slows down the learning. It absolutely does. Talked about that in episode number 134. Okay. So, we have our 5C pyramid. We've got the challenges and, and things like, you know, if you ask your dog to hop it up in a hot zone, open your training bag, pull out their favorite toy. What do they do? Boom. Do they run and instantly grab it? You put it back in and you close it. It's your choice, but I've controlled the environment so it's easy for you to understand that wasn't acceptable. So, I don't take it out and then fight with you. As soon as I'm being present to what your choice is, as soon as I pull that toy out and I see you take your first step off the bed, I'm putting it back in and zipping it up. I'm not yelling at you. I'm not saying, "Uh uh-uh, wrong. I'm not going, stay, stay, stay. It's just it's your choice. It's your choice. And so, as I mentioned in the last episode, the very worst thing that might happen is I might take my dog's collar. Let's say they step off the hot zone. I might take my dog's collar and either put some pressure to bring them further off the hot zone. I call that like an osteo game. Like, do you really want to come off the hot zone? And a lot of them go, Oh, no, 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 no. I should be up here, shouldn't I? Or I just gently guide them back. How do you know which one to do? I generally guide them back in that. If they've played the osteo game with me, it's a fun game. If they respond to it in a negative way, it's not a fun game, guys. If you find you've had to take your dog's collar every training session, you have moved way too fast. You made the incorrect easy. You did not keep the correct as easy. All right? Remember, get clarity at what we want our dogs to do. Okay. In the last episode, I shared with you how I teach my own dogs what to do and when it's over so I can grow the gap in the middle called duration organically by their understanding of what to do and when it's over. But there are some of you who said, oh, Susan, like you, you, you started with tug. You lost me right away. My dog doesn't tug. I, I, I guess I, it was implied but not well understood because I failed you as your trainer. Just like your dog making a bad choice is telling you that you failed them as their trainer. So, let me just go over this one more time. I like to create what to do in a game of tug. So, I just shape with a tug toy. My dog loves to tug. I start with puppies, but I could start this with a rescue dog. They love the tug. I pull it out of their mouth. What will you do? If they're on a leash, there's not a lot of things they can do. So, they just back away from me. I give that again. I wait until they offer something, a sit, a down, and then I give them until I can consistently get a sit. And then 
I've just immediately, I get the sit. I say, get it, put out the tug toy, get it, put out the tug toy. And then I'm going to add a new challenge and I might put out the tug toy, but not say, get, get it. And the dog is going to fail. And that's okay because it's failing within a game. I just pull that tug toy in and they go, oh crap, oh crap, what was I doing? I didn't hear the word, get it. That's how we create complete understanding of when it's over. I'm going to test you both on how to hold the position and when it's over. Think about the very first time anybody taught you how to teach a dog to stay. Did they give this kind of clarity to the dog about when it's over? Or did they just say, okay, and then help the dog to move out of position? The dog's got to want it. It's their choice. You shouldn't have to lure them. You shouldn't have to pull them. All right? So, I'm teaching them, get it with a toy. And then for those of you who don't have a dog that's toy motivated yet, no big deal. Shaping happens pretty darn good with food. So you do the same thing with a bowl of food. You get your bowl out, your dog's excited because you have super high value rewards in that bowl. And you might say the word search, throw a cookie. The dog dives on it. Pretty soon they're going to be bouncing off you. You just withhold reinforcement until they move away or offer a position. And then you just reward that and say the word search and throw a cookie. Very quickly, you're going to not throw the cookie until they move from the position when you say search. It's amazing how this works. We're teaching them. This is the indicator that tells you when it's over. And this is what I'd like you to do. So you do it the same way with a bowl of food. And I call that the sit, tug, sit game. You could be calling it the sit, search, sit game, right? And then we introduce, it's your choice. Now the dog has already heard the word search from you. So now you might put a cookie on the floor as you progress the layers of understanding the five C's of it's your choice. And you might tap the floor. That's a challenge. It's your choice. Do you want to break position to dive on that cookie? When I tap the floor, some dogs will. I just cover it up with my hand. And the dog goes, oh yeah, what was I doing? I didn't hear the word search. They'll go back into the sit. We need clarity before we add distractions of let's throw tennis balls. Let's, you know, bang on the floor. Let's do some super hard things and prove to these dogs and puppies they've got to sit. No, create clarity around when it's over. So we've got a dog who now will break their sit when they hear the word search. We put it into crate games. Same thing. Lots of feeding in position. Open the door. Do you want to come out? You didn't hear when it's over. I'm closing that door. You're going to keep doing this until the whole position. And then you can start by smacking the toy on the ground. It's a challenge. We put in the challenge of time first. Will you hold position in the crate with time? Now we're challenging with the smacking of the toy and the dog goes to move, they just lower their head, you just close the door. No yelling, no ah, ah, wrong, just close the door, no big deal. Then you open the door. You should be taking nice, deep, calming breaths through this whole thing because it's a fun game. There should be no anxiety in you or your dog. Now I'm going to put my tug toy back on the ground and they go, oh yeah, I don't move. So now you're going to say, get it. They're going to fly out of the crate and grab the toy and we're going to tug. Eventually I'm going to say, break before I say, get it. I've got a new when it's over word. So I don't need to keep putting a toy down to get my dog to come out. Wowza.
All right, so it's the sit, tug, sit, or the sit, search, sit. It's it's your choice. It's crate games. It's a little bit of collar grab. You can move into hot zone, but really don't skip over crate games. It's super important. Okay, your test. Here's what I want you to do. If you're out walking your dog, you can do this while you're walking. If you're at home, just have your dog come beside you and sit beside you in what I call reinforcement zone. Dog on left, dog on right. I want you to do it on both sides. Now, you're going to take a cookie and you're going to lift it up in the air and see what your dog does. Does he scooch his body a little bit sideways so he can kind of get out in front and see the cookie? He doesn't understand what to do or when it's over because you didn't say a word that meant it's over and you asked him to sit and he kind of scooched. So, sitting doesn't mean scooching in my criteria land. So, You need to go back and help your dog understand what sit means. Make correct easy. All right. So, if you've got a dog who will sit, and you can try this twice if you want, pull up a cookie. Now, if the dog scooches, you put the cookie back, help them get back into reinforcement zone, try it again. If they keep failing, they're telling you, yeah, this is what you taught me. It's their choice, remember? This is what you taught me. Oh, okay. Well, I can do better than that. Now, if your dog holds position, you're going to say, mark it good give a cookie. I want you to do that five times. Really high value cookies. I love these dogs up. As long as they don't move, they're not to move in between your five cookies. Cookie up. You can touch your hip if you want. Give the reinforcement zone. You're going to give them five cookies. Then what you're going to do is you're going to put your hands at your side and you you know what? Even close your eye closest to your dog. Close that eye closest to the dog. Stand perfectly still. Feel the pull of gravity coming down straight all the way from your skull, all the way through the earth. All right. You are completely still. And then you're going to give your, when it's over word, break. Does your dog move? If they didn't, then you have muddied their understanding of when it's over, likely by moving so that Dogs cue into motion far better than they do words, but we need them to understand when it's over is a word. I can move sometimes when I'm saying it. I can stand still sometimes when I'm saying it. So, try that test and leave me a comment. Come on over to YouTube or come on over to our shapebydog.com page and leave me a comment. Let me know, did this help clarify the masterclass that I presented to you last time. Did you understand it this time? And how did your dog do? Okay. My fourth gift I have for you. There's a lot of moving pieces into understanding this reinforcement-based, game-based dog training, but it's so worth your time because you create this connection with your dog. You create this oneness that you guys get each other. And it's the congruency that you can live your life with peace, that you understand how to create behaviors you want without losing your temper or getting, you know, angry or bringing your shoulders near your ears because you can't believe your dog did that. Because you understand now that our dogs are always doing the best they can with the education we've given them in the environment that we've put them in. So, if you would like our help in applying these concepts, there'll be a link in the show notes. There'll be a link in the description here on YouTube. 
that will give you an opportunity to join our Homeschool the Dog program, where we teach you every single one of these games, with the exception of crate games. That is a standalone game. There'll be a link to that one as well. But Homeschool the Dog is a coaching program, a program where my team and I coach you for four months. It normally is a program that we sell for $300. Well, I'm lying. It's a little short. It's like $297. You can find it on our website in the store for $297. For people who are listening to this, who really want to understand how to apply reinforcement-based, game-based learning to create clarity in the behaviors with their dog, click on the link and you can have homeschool the dog for only $49. That is my fourth gift. Remember, anytime we're teaching your dogs any kind of control behavior, it really is always dependent upon our dogs having complete understanding of all of the criteria of what to do. That plus their complete understanding of the word or phrase that tells them when it's over. Independent understanding, independent of your movement independent of their environment, what to do, what's my behavior, how long do you want me to do it? When is it over? It's not over till I hear that word. When you create that clarity, you can then throw these challenges at your dog that helps grow the duration. But the duration is built organically by the dog being engaged in a game that they understand is I stay here till I hear when it's over. Listen, if this extra addition, helping you to apply the concepts that I taught in episode number 134 was of value to you, I'd love to get your feedback. So come on over to YouTube and leave me a comment or go to our shapebydog.com website and leave me a comment there. Let me know if this was helpful. And also let me know how your dog did on those two tests. I'll see you next time here on Shape by Dog.